you got to say so? Romans chapter 13, verse 11, it says, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Father, we humble ourselves before you, Lord. You are holy. And we have not been. Lord, look at us today. Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us, God. Give us ears, Lord, I beg, give us ears. ears to hear, Lord, what your spirit is saying to your church. Forgive us, God, for looking so much to what we think we need, what we want to hear, ignoring you. Lord, you are holy. You are holy, God. Speak to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I have a picture that I want you guys to look at with me. I don't know if you're familiar with Patrick Dobson, but he's a, he's a worship leader. It's a Christian consumerism is at an all-time high. Let us remember that the gospel doesn't exist to do things for us, but in and through us. <laughs> That's good. I like that. <laughs> remember that the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen? 
I was talking to a pastor friend of mine. Well, he's an elder in another church, and him and I were having a conversation. We were talking about discipleship. And as we were discussing discipleship and we were having this conversation on discipleship, he said to me, he said, you know, what is it that, that, that you see? What is it that you feel? What is it that is moving you to this, you know, the word that we would say in Spanish, this inquietud, this, this uneasiness inside of you that you feel like there's more, like there's, there's more that God wants to do. There's more that the Lord wants to bring about. And I said, you know, what, what, I, what, I, what I realize is that we have, become, we have become good consumers. We're the best kind of consumers. Because we're the kind of consumers that we don't break your stuff. We're the kind of consumers we give you so you can have stuff. We're the kind of consumers that come, we make sure that your place is taken care of. You feel the AC? You feel that? You guys are good consumers. We make sure the bills are paid. We make sure that our professionals can do what they need to do. Our professionals need to be people who pray. Our professionals need to be the ones who labor over the word of God. Our professionals need to be the ones who are committed to seeking the Lord. Our professionals need to be, you know, they need to be prepared to feed us because we're hungry. And we make sure we do our part. We show up. We know we, we do like my mom taught me when I was a kid, right? I didn't listen then. I know now. But whenever you walk past something that was on the floor, you didn't just step over it. <laughs> well, I didn't put that there. That's what I always said, right? I, that's not mine. She's like, I don't care whose it is. And I didn't, I didn't realize, right, at that time, as my, my mom, right, she's running around behind six kids picking up stuff after them like, I don't care who put it down. Could I say that's not mine? That's what my mom was saying, right? But she, but, but she taught me how to be a courteous person. She taught me how to be a, a person who, who, who knew how to take care of stuff. And you know what, church, as I, as I talk with my friend and, I, and, and we were discussing that, I said, man, Christians have become such good consumers. We've become great. And it's heartbreaking for me because as a pastor, I'm like, man, have I failed you? Seriously. Because if your heart is not turned toward God, toward God, I failed you. Because when I stand before the Almighty, he's not going to ask me, well, how many hours did you labor over your... He's not going to ask me that. He's not going to ask me, how many degrees do you have on the wall? He is not going to ask me that. When, when I give an account, see, because this is what you have to realize. I'm going to stand before God's holy tribunal and give an account for every one of you. For every one of you. And when I stand before him, he's, he, I, I think part of that judgment is going to be, how did the people I entrusted you with respond to me? How did you point them to me? Did you, were you just, just another congregation within a conglomerate of, of congregations that are doing the same thing to make people feel good, to make sure their needs are met, to make sure they hear the message they need to hear, make sure you don't preach past 30 minutes. I failed that one. Every week, glory to God. 
Thankfully, I don't, I don't see a time limit. And as a matter of fact, I see people preaching in the Word of God and people are literally falling out windows because they're falling asleep because the preacher was going too long. Hello. So I'm thankful that that's, that, that's, a, that's a man-made construct. That's not a biblical construct. But again, he's not going to say, hey, how long did you stand before them and, and, and go uh, on about this or that? He's, he's, he's not going to ask me those things. How faithfully did you lead? And I think, and, and leadership to me is, is, is not, you know, they, they always say this stuff, right? When, you know, all these leadership gurus are like, hey, just look behind you. If there's no one following you, you're not leading anyone. Right? Not sure I understand. Me neither. Uh, I don't, that's exactly the problem here. I don't understand. <laughs> At least someone's listening, right? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. As we're, as we're in prayer this morning... I, honestly, I, I was about to just shut it all down and just say, man, I, you know what? I'm just going to get up here, we're going to pray, and then I'm going to share something. You didn't, you didn't get outlines this morning because I had an outline that I was going to preach, and if you got an outline, just bring it next week because hopefully I'll get to that. <laughs> but as we're praying this morning and as we're seeking the Lord this morning, I just sent such an, an, an urgency for this moment, such an urgency for us as a church. And let me tell you something, I love you so much. And, and, I, and I refuse to, to, just, to just go through the motions. And listen, I think, man, I thank God for everybody who serves. I mean, I th- man, can we give a hand for the people that serve? I mean, thank you all. I mean, I, listen, from the, bo- from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of my I, mean, I appreciate everything you do when you serve. I appreciate you being here early for those of you that get here early. I appreciate you coming here other days of the week so you can be here to serve on. So I appreciate you practicing on your own and getting ready, you know, and I'm speaking mostly to the music ministry. But I appreciate those of you that serve in kids ministry and that you, I hope you're praying for these kids and you're laboring over your message and you're not looking at it at like 8 o'clock in the morning being like, hey, I got to teach this today, right? I'm thankful, right? I'm thankful for those who serve as ushers and who are out there cleaning up. Up so when you walk up, like things aren't messed up. I mean, I, I mean, I am grateful. I'm so because I believe that we do this with sincerity of heart. I was going to talk about serving this week, but I'll talk about that next week. But I, 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 I so appreciate all of those things. But man, I, when I, when I look at the and, and not just us, but when I look at the condition of the church, I'm like, man. Is he really all we want? Are those just words that we feel really good about because the harmonies were on point this morning? You know, I, I'm, I'm almost, I, and I'm honestly, I'm almost offended by the words, right? Like there's, you know, there, there, there's nothing else better because I'm like, what, what are we comparing him to? I'm not fully offended. I'm just saying, right? And, I get, I get the sentiment, right? But, but man, when I, when, when I think about God, I'm like, God, I want us to be a church that you are pleased with. Not a church that pleases me. Not a church that makes, because listen, this room full, it makes me happy. Praise the Lord. Pastor, man, this is, 
Music off the chain. I mean, spoken word. I didn't even see the whole thing, but it was, I mean, it was popping on and popping today. This is church, y'all. Like that, that makes me happy. I, I could pat well, I, you know, I, I could pat myself on the back, right? I'm, I'm a little inflexible. I realized this lately. I'm <laughs> I was doing some exercise yesterday, stretching. I'm like, man, I am inflexible. This 46 is not being good to me. Anyway. But, but, but I can look at, at things and I can say, this looks good to me. The question is, does it look good to him? The question is, is he pleased with what he is seeing? Or are we just consumers? Are we just consumers? Consumers that know, hey, you know what, I can give some, I can be present for some things, but, or, or are we people who are consumed by the God of heaven? Not just about Sunday attendance, y'all. As I preached last week and, and speaking about being engaged in, 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 in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and of prayer, for, for some, and, and I say this sincerely, for some, it seems like that just goes in one ear, out the other. Like I'm saying this, and it's like, well, you just pick and choose. Like, you can decide if you really want to be committed to the apostles' doctrine and, and, and fellowship. Like, like, you don't really have to do that. You know, just some, no, 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 this is everybody. Like, like we are all command, not, 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 not wholly suggested, commanded to be committed to the apostles' doctrine, to the fellowship of the saints, to the caring for one. That's not just for a group of people, a benevolence ministry or something. No, no, no. This is, this is, this is supposed to be the church. We are supposed to be committed to the breaking of bread. We are supposed to be committed to prayer. Hallelujah. Listen, let me just get it off my chest. My heart was broken yesterday. For those of you that don't know, we hosted a prayer, not just a prayer service, but we hosted a, a city, a, a, a multiple city prayer service. You know how many people were here from our church? Like 12. And at first, because my ego, right? We're hosting. Where's our church? But then you know what? I got past my ego and I'm like, man, do the people of God hunger for him enough that they would mark on their calendar, this is a time of prayer. This is a time that the body of Christ is gathering to seek the face of God. Listen, if you were working, if you had a real, I, I'm not talking to you. I'm, I'm talking to those who were sipping lemonade somewhere. I'm talking to those who are watching cartoons on Saturday morning. I'm talking about those who, listen, I know that's, that, that, that bothers you, right? Because Saturday is, is your, no, every day is the Lord's day. See, it's not about the attendance to the event. I'm like, man, where is our heart? Where is our heart for the Lord? Like, are we hungry for him? Do we believe in the importance of gathering with the body of Christ, seeking the face of God? Do we believe in the desperate need that there is for a move of God in our world? Or am I just preaching to the wind? And do this knowing the time. That now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now 
now. Our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. You know how many years ago this, this epistle was written? Close to 2,000. The apostle Paul is writing with urgency to the people of Rome, to the church in Rome, and he's telling them, and do this, submit to authorities, love one another, use your gifts to serve each other. That's chapter 12, chapter 13, telling them to owe no man anything except to love, and do these things. Because what? Because it is us that needs to know the time that it is high time to awake out of sleep. Because what? Because our salvation, wait a second, I thought we were saved already. Oh, yes, we are. But when we partake of communion every week, do we not remember the salvation that is coming and will be culminated? Do we not look at that? And what Paul is saying is that, he, again, he's writing to the church. He's not, writing to the, he's not writing to Rome, the city. He is writing to the church in Rome. And as he is writing them, he is writing with these words of urgency, communicating to them, letting them know, hey, 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 it is time to wake up. Hold on a second. I thought this is the most woke church ever. Hello. I mean, if you read the book of Romans, I, I mean, Paul goes in, right? I mean, he just lays it down thick, hardcore. I mean, this is like the, the, the most important one of writings that Paul does. I mean, chapters 1 through 8, I mean, he brings it in. Chapters 9 through 11, he's bringing I mean, he is, he, is, he is writing to this church of the glory and the wonder of Christ. He is writing to a church that is obviously divided, a, a church that is going through a whole bunch of stuff that people are Jewish and Gentile and they're looking at each other funny and, and, and not loving each other the way they should. And so he has to come to them. But then he tells them, do all of these things because of what? You need to know the time. So my first point would be, if you were repeating after me or you had, were taking notes, do you know the time? Because I think that sometimes we live as though we, we don't realize the time. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know about you, but when, when, when I have to be somewhere, right, like I'm the type of guy, I, I mean, I always want to be early. That's just me, right? I, 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 I'm, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like being late. There are some times that I am, but when I, when I have, man, when I have to be somewhere, right, like you, you, I don't know about you, but I'm like, okay, I got to leave at this time, right? And, and, and sometimes the participants in your family... are apparently not on the same time clock as you. <laughs> and, they, and, and, and they don't seem to see the time like you do, right? They don't know the time. <laughs> they don't have the urgency like, yo, we need to leave at this time so we can be here on, on time. But this is, this is the church. Paul is saying, know the time. Wake up. Wake up. Don't keep going through the motions. Don't keep living the life that you're just accustomed to. Wake up. Your salvation is nearer than what it was when you first believed. I've been a Christian for close to 30 years, and guess what? I am 30 years closer to the fulfillment of my salvation. Amen. However long you've been a follower of Jesus... You are closer to your salvation than when you first 
believe. This is what Paul is telling him. When you first heard the gospel, you are closer, even though it was over, even if it was a week ago, when you first heard, you're closer today. You're closer today. And so again, do you know the time? When you look around this world, listen, the other, the other day we were sitting down, we were watching, uh, I, don't, we, I think we were watching Blue Bloods or something like that. After Blue Bloods, we have like 15 minutes recorded afterwards. And so Blue Bloods comes on right before the news. And so the news comes on. And there was like story after story after story. Some lady sitting outside just shooting at people randomly. Killed a 26-year-old mom. That, that doesn't affect you? That, that, that doesn't make you realize, hold on a second, that, that's not normal. Depravity is, or depravity is increasing. We're seeing a greater manifestation of evil. We are seeing more wickedness that is normative in our day. Do you know the time that we are in? We look around and we see things that are going on. We see things that, man, how do those things move us? Or we're just, we're just living our life. No, we're sleeping. We're sleeping. We're not, we're not really concerned, right, about what's going on. It's not affecting. No, no, wait a second. I know you weren't there. You weren't the one that got shot. But wait a second. This sin is affecting all of us. He goes on to say in verse 12, the night is far spent. Listen, the time of walking in darkness is gone. The day, is it what day? The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. The day is at hand. The day of the Lord, that is our blessed hope. We look forward to the day that the trumpet sounds and we go to be with him. We look forward. The day of the Lord is at hand. That's, that, that is what we are living for, that day. What does he say? He says, because the day of the Lord is at hand. Therefore, look what he says, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us cast off the works of darkness. You know, works of darkness are things that you do that you don't want anybody to see. Works of darkness. What, 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 what works of darkness are you living in? What behaviors are you participating in that you hope your mom never finds out? That you hope your father never finds out? That you hope your spouse never finds out? What, 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 what behaviors are you participating in that you hope the church never finds out about? Are you putting on the armor of light? Are you walking in the light? Are you being a transparent person? Could, could, could we, because I'm not even going to say me, could we just follow you around apart from your bathroom breaks? Hello. Could we, could we follow you around with a camera every day, every moment of your life? Could we just walk and would you be, yep, check me out. This is what it means to walk in the armor of light, to be strengthened, to be empowered by God who is light, who is, we looked at that in 1 John, the one who, the, the one who dwells in, 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 that, in, in that inapproachable light that, that, that we're living before his scrutiny, before his presence. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off. Listen, this word cast off, it's not like, hey, just kind of play with your sin. This is kick it out. 
This is run away from it. This is turn from. This is no. You, you don't play with sin. You don't play in darkness. You don't continue to live that. You run to God and run away from your sin. So what he's saying, turn away from those works of darkness. He goes on as he continues to write to us. He says, let us walk properly. Let us walk properly. What, what, what does that mean? Let us walk properly. <laughs> let us walk like we should walk. You know, you, you, you ever, you ever you, maybe, you know, some of you know somebody who, you know, had, a, had an injury where they couldn't walk, Right? And, and they walk funny. And some of you may have seen me walk sometimes, and I look like I'm like this hip-hop kid. It ain't that. It's like my foot's jacked up. And I can't walk properly because I'm in pain. Hello. So the other day, my foot was inflamed, right? I, I, I walked in this Martin Luther King Day parade, and that mile and a half, man, I felt like I, like, broke my ankle. Like, it was terrible. I, could, I, I couldn't walk properly. I walked in the house. Josiah was like, what's wrong with you? Elena's like, what happened to you? They, they thought like I got something happened. I couldn't walk properly. And then I went and got a shot. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and when I sit down in the doctor's office, so I had this shot, right? I had, I had a shot in the other foot like five years ago or something like that. And I remember my brother Roly, him and I had the same issue. It's plantar fasciitis. The fascia of your foot starts to stretch, whatever. Some of you have experienced this, something that uh, runners experience a lot. So if you're a runner, you might have experienced some of this pain. But nonetheless, I'm not a runner. That's not why I'm experiencing that pain. Just <laughs> let's qualify that. I just want to make, make that clear. That is not my, <laughs> not that. There's also people who are heavy, I think, experience this pain. But anyway, well, that's, that's another day, another topic. But a couple years ago, I had this shot done. When I got the shot, I, was, I told Roly, I was like, bro, this is the best thing that ever happened. And he was like, yeah. He's like, bro, I'm going to have to get it done. And I remember the next, it's a cortisone shot if you don't know what I'm talking about. And so the next week, Roly's like, bro, why didn't you tell me how much that hurt? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yo, I was sitting in the chair, and I was like, whoa, whoa, as she was doing this. The ladies outside were laughing at me, and I'm like... Bro, I'm like, I have no clue what you're talking about. I said, my doctor, he put this cold stuff and just kept it going Shh, the whole time. I'm like, I didn't feel a thing. I feel great. Fast forward. My doctor left his practice. And so now I'm, I'm aware that this is potential, that this could happen. So I have my foot exposed. I'm sitting down. I'm leaning back in the chair, and I'm like, Doctor comes in, we're having a conversation, and I said, hey, let me ask you a question. <laughs> She's like, yeah, what's up? And I said, so I've only had one experience with a cortisone shot. I didn't feel a thing. I said, however, one of my close friends, I said, he had a cortisone shot, and he was like telling me this experience where he was sitting, and he was like, oh, in the chair. And I'm like, I don't want to experience that. <laughs> and, she, and she proceeded, you know, in her nice She's like, oh, well, you know, it's because some doctors do it this way. They do it. And she went through all this explanation. And then I should have known better because she was like, um, you know, and I, and I said, well, but the one thing my doctor did was he used that cold stuff. And she was like, oh, I got the cold stuff. I'm like, praise the Lord for the cold stuff. <laughs> but then she says to me, she's like, but, yeah, the cold stuff is really only for the initial poke. And I was like, red flag, red flag. <laughs> 
And I'm trying not to be a chump, right? I'm trying to be like a strong man. I'm like, okay. And I said, well, and, th- and, then, and then she proceeded to say, and, and also, you know, it kind of depends on the, the level of inflammation inside the foot. I'm like, Lord, this is going to hurt. And so I had hope. I had hope. It wasn't like biblical hope. I just had hope. Like just, <laughs> I was like, mate. So she sprayed that cold and she was like, shh. And then she, and I felt the poke and I'm like, okay, we're okay. And then I'm sitting there and I'm not, and, and, and I'm talking to her. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, she's going to stop. And then I'm like, oh. And then she's like, now you're done. I'm like, Lord, I hate you. Not Lord, but her. I hate her. I, I'm like, Lord, I love you, but I hate this doctor. <laughs> we are supposed to walk properly. Sometimes to walk properly requires pain. See, what I, what I, I'm, I'm going to just pawn it off on this. When my right foot got the shot, I didn't have three years of pain behind it. I had a year, maybe a few months. This left foot, it's been three years. This was inflamed. There was a lot of pain from the Monday walk that was overwhelming. And so here's what I want to say, is that I firmly believe that God is like the first shot. He comes with his grace and is like, my son, my daughter, turn. Turn. Turn from your sin. That still small voice, turn from your sin. We have a choice. We can either align ourselves or we subject ourselves to the pain of trial, the pain of difficulty, the pain that comes with a loving father who disciplines those he loves. And what's the purpose? It's so we can walk properly. He says here, he says, let us walk properly as in the day. As in the light, as though Christ has already come, as though, do you live your life as though Jesus is sitting next to you every single moment? Think about the conversations you have. Think about the activities you participate in. Are you living as though the day is here? As though you, because you know what, whether you realize it or not, whether you live like that or not, he is right there. He doesn't walk out of the room For your sin. Oh, he is grieved to be sure. But he doesn't leave wherever you are. He is simply grieved by your sin. We're supposed to walk as though we are in the day. Walk properly. Walk. When he's saying properly, he's saying live as a follower of Christ should live. That's what it means to walk properly. To live as Christ would call us to live, not in revelries or orgies or crazy parties and drunkenness, not in lewdness or sexual immorality of all kinds of types and, and shapes, uh, not, not in lust, but, but those passions of our flesh, not in strife and, and anger and, and, and outbursts and things like that, not in envy, not in jealousy, not in those things. Now, can we pause for a moment? He is writing to the church. He is writing to those who name the name of Christ. He is telling them, why on earth would you have to tell me, don't be going to orgies. Don't be going to crazy parties like that. Don't be getting drunk like that. 
Don't, don't, don't be sexually immoral. What? Why, why do we need to tell Christians that? Because Christians do that. We're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to live like this. We're not, we're not supposed to be striving and, and, and angry. We're not supposed to be any of that. We're not supposed to be jealous of people and envious and covetous. And we're not supposed to be any of that. Our hearts are supposed to be governed by love, the love of God that is poured out in our hearts. That's what should be governing our hearts. That's what should be governing our behavior. That's what should be governing our lives. And so Paul writes them, and again, you, you may be sitting in here and you're like, well, I don't do any of those things, and so I guess that makes you holy. See, here's the problem. The problem is we read a list like this, and we're like, well, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't do that. I guess he's not talking to me. <laughs> we're great consumers. We know, we know the things that we should do. We know the things that we shouldn't do. And for some of us, we just make sure that we can check those lists, and then we're good. But you, do you forget that there are not just sins of commission? There are sins of omission as well. Is it, it's not just the things you're doing, my friends. Because can I tell you something? The re I believe this firmly. It's not because of the sins of commission that we are having issues in the church today. It's because of sins of omission. It's, it's, it's not because we're over here doing this or that. Some of us, listen, some of you, you need to repent of some of the things that I said. Some of you in the room need to be like, man, I need to turn away. Man, I need to get rid of the internet. Some of you, man, I, 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 need, I, need, to, I need to have some serious conversation. Hey, I need to get away from those people. Some of you, like you, yes, that's you. But many of us, we're like, hey, I don't do those things. But here's my question. Are you committed to the apostles' doctrine? Are you committed to fellowship? Are you committed to the breaking of bread? Are you committed to corporate prayer? Oh, those are sins of omission. Well, hey, I'm not doing those things. I don't care about what you're not doing. See, God is greater. I, I, listen, I care about what you're not doing. I care about what you are doing. But God is greater than me. It's not, it's not about me. Let me move out of the way. It's not about my judgment of you. It's not about my thoughts of you. It's not about my perceptions of you. It is about his perceptions of you. It is about his perceptions of us. Am I omitting to obey? He who knows what is good and does not do it is sin. Are you hearing me? He, and let me bring the ladies in, she who knows what is good and what is supposed to be done and does not do it. That is sin. Let us walk properly. Verse 14, I'm closing. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, you know what it means to put something on? Every one of you put something on today. 
And, and whether you realize it or not, you are submitted to the thing you put on. You are subject to the thing you put on. Either you look good or you don't. It, it, but anyway, you know, I think y'all look good from where I'm sitting, standing. But to put on the Lord Jesus Christ is to submit your entire life to him. It is to subject yourself to him. It is not solely to call him Savior, but it is to bow to him as Lord. It is to say, my life is not my own. My schedule is not my own. My money is not my own. My family is not my own. My time is not my own. I own nothing. He owns it all. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we are called to do every day, not just some days, not just Sunday morning for an hour. You've been here for an hour. I haven't been preaching for an hour. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for the flesh. Are you providing comfort for your flesh? Are you providing opportunity for your flesh? Are you providing avenues for your flesh? Are you providing excuses for your flesh? Are you holding on to the grace of God to justify your carnality? Are you saying, well, God forgives? Well, I know he forgives, but he also judges. Oh, absolutely. God is faithful and just. If you confess your sins to him, he will forgive you of your sins. But hold on a second. This is true. He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But that's not some free pass to sin. Make no provision for the flesh. Our flesh has desires that don't align with God's. And so listen. Have you put on the Lord is the question. Have you put on the Lord Jesus Christ? See, because here's the thing that I want you to hear as clearly as everything else that I've said today. Jesus died so you could put him on. Jesus died to rescue us from our sin. Jesus died to liberate us from our fleshly desire. He died so you and I would not have excuse, but that we would have recourse, that we would be able to run to God without fear. Listen, I know when you hear a message like this, it'll make your head go down. But listen, I don't want your head to stay down. I want you to lift your eyes unto the Lord from where your help comes. Whether you are a follower of Jesus and you need to repent, and let me say this, say this clearly, I believe that, there, that, that, that every one of us has room to repent in our hearts, no matter how long we've been following the Lord. But whether you are a follower of Christ who is, who is being convicted of your sin, of your hypocrisy, of your double standards, of your half-heartedness, of your lukewarm, a person who may have run and, and fallen from their first, even if you're that person, the cross, what Jesus did is where our hope is. Listen, we will never be good enough. 
We will never walk in perfection this side of heaven. But Jesus did. He died. He rose again to give us hope, to bring us to him. But hear me, please. He did this to bring us to him, not to leave us where we are, not to say, well, I know I'm convicted, but you know, he, no, God doesn't understand. If God understood, Jesus wouldn't have had to die. God doesn't understand our sin. He doesn't understand half-hearted devotion. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand that. He died so you wouldn't be. And if you're in here today and you don't know Christ, or maybe you thought you knew him and you realize, man, I really don't. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day for you to turn from your sin unto a Savior who loves, who is gracious, who is merciful, who would send his servant with words that are hard so you will not continue in your sin and in your rebellion and meet him on the other side of your last breath for judgment, but that you will meet him with open arms where he can love you, where he can embrace you, where he can bring you into eternal fellowship with him. That is what he wants, church. And so I, I would say my closing question is, have you and are you putting on the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you have not, I ask you today, run to him. I beg you today, run to him. Don't, don't stay where you are. And I'm not talking about just physically, but I'm saying run to him. And if, you, and if you're in here and you did put on the Lord Jesus Christ one day, but you realize he's not Lord of your life every day like he should be, run to him today for his mercy and his forgiveness. I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to bring our prayer team up here because we, I, I want you, if you want to come up here and you want to do business with God, come and let's do business with him. If you feel like, man, Lord, I hear you calling me, and I'm not going to sit on this. I'm going to run to you. I just ask you to come forward so we can pray together because I want you to know that I'm up here first. If I was in your seat, I'd be running, and that doesn't mean you have to run. I'm simply saying that I'm running to the Father just like every one of us should be. All right, and so if you say, God, I hear you, I hear you, God, I want to submit, I want to put on the Lord Jesus, I don't want to play church anymore, I don't want to play religion or Christianity, Lord, I want to be full, and I want to be fully yours. Come forward this morning, hallelujah, and let's do business before the Father today, hallelujah, Father. Lord God, we humble ourselves before your presence today, Lord God, we humble our hearts before your presence today. Lord God, we come before you today, Lord God, with our hearts submitted, my God. We come before you today with our hearts open. Lord God, you have already searched us. You have already looked upon us, my God. Lord, you have already shown us our sin, whether it is omission or commission, my God. You have already shown us where we are not putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have already shown us, Lord God, where we are in rebellion against you. And so, Lord, we come before you today simply acknowledging, God, that we don't want to remain in that condition, my God. 
but we don't want to remain where we have been, my Lord. God, we want to walk with you. Lord God, we want to encounter you, Lord God. Lord, we want to be carriers of your glory in this earth, my God. Lord, we want to be vessels that are full of your presence, my God. Lord, we don't want to walk in darkness, Lord God. We don't want to walk in hypocrisy, Lord God. Lord, we want to walk in truth. We want to walk in righteousness. We want to walk in the fullness of your presence and power, God. We want to be vessels of glory for your namesake, my God. Lord, we want you, Lord, to, to use us in ways, Lord, simply because we're surrendered vessels to you, my God. Lord, we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, my God. And so, Lord, we humble our hearts before your presence today. And we ask you, Lord God, strip away every excuse, my God. We ask you to strip away every, every justification in our hearts, my God. We ask you to strip away every hindrance to you being Lord in our lives, God. Father, we ask you today to tear down every barrier. And more than anything, Lord God, to demolish the idols in our hearts, God. Lord, demolish the idols in our hearts. The idols that hinder you from being God in our lives. The idols that hinder you from being Lord over all in our lives, God. Oh, Father, we humble ourselves before you, Lord. We humble our hearts before you, God. Have your way in us, Lord. Have your way in us, God. Have your way in us, God. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.